Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Today on DC On Screen, we've got a little bit of Aquaman news, a little bit of Suicide Squad news, and a whole lot of Elseworlds and Swamp Thing news. Are you ready for this? Jason, you ready? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm not distracted at all. (laughs) Right after this. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. For this is a story not of a universe... But a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Dave here. Jason and I recorded this episode on the afternoon of November 10th, Saturday. In this episode, you'll hear us say that this will be Jason's last episode for a week or so, as his daughter is due on the 12th. Well, tonight, the 11th, 11-11, I received word that she decided to drop in a day early. Seven pounds, seven ounces, at 838 Evelyn, welcome. The future will be yours. Someday. For now, episode 516 of DC On Screen. And dear listeners, please send Jason and Evie your love. Blow his phone up. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. <laughs> Are you all right, man? Yeah. I'm okay. We're, we're, we're recording in between naps today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've got one more uh, pre-Papa recording, mm-hmm. looks one like. More. This is it. This is the one. Oh, boy. I've got about 24 hours before due date. We're napping in between contractions right now on the other side of the house, so... We have time to record a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goodness gracious, guys. And then Exciting I will times likely Jason. be out for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. To experience your own postpartum depression. Right. <laughs> that should wear off just All about right, in time so... for Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, by my estimate, life should be starting to kind of normalize around the time that I can maybe take off that night to, to go watch that. So we're good. That timed well. Yeah. But, you know, if, uh, if all goes well, I'll be around for you guys. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so if you uh, would like to support us, you know, you can go over to iTunes, give us a, a, a good rating and review. I don't, you know, it really helps depending on who you ask. Yeah, most certain, yes. Some, certain, some no. Yeah, you know, a lot of, uh, well, certain 
people in the podcast community seem to think that it's a joke and it doesn't help anything. But eh, I love being a part of podcasting groups on Facebook. Yeah. Where I get to be told that I'm stupid for saying things. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. On my show. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> and it, All right, it, so, a lot of the statistics people uh, talk about with podcasts are are almost mystical in a certain way. So it's kind of like different Wiccan groups yelling at each other mm-hmm. about how much sage they used. It's well, What's fun is like in the podcasting groups, it seems to be like there are these guys who've been doing it since like 2007 and they all have very strong opinions and like they just go throughout the entire thread like uh, reacting with that asshole laughing face if they mm. disagree with you. Yeah. Or disagree with anybody else. Yeah. I really don't say much in those groups. I'm like, Mm-mm. nope, I need to keep my mouth shut. Yeah, just keep your head down. It's fine. <laughs> um, so anyway, we uh, we are going to have, we have our own Facebook group where we don't do that to you. Uh, <laughs> over on Facebook, uh, DC on uh, the DC on screen group will um, put a link in the show notes. All right, let's get into this news. Shoot. Uh, James Wan posted on his Instagram after two years of consuming and devouring my every waking hour. This little indie movie is finally done. It was a monster undertaking. I can't thank enough the the amazing post team of VFX editorial sound for working tirelessly around the clock. Crazy long days, seven days a week for many, many, many weeks without a day off towards making this a unique and beautiful film. So Aquaman's done. Mm-hmm. He says everyone poured their heart and soul into it. He can't wait to share it with us twenty on the twenty first of uh, December. I saw that. I chuckled at the ending movie thing. That was you excited about Aquaman? It's almost yeah. here. Yeah. A, uh, a distributor in Australia, Vertical Entertainment. They're saying that the final running time is going to be one hundred and forty three minutes. One hundred and forty three minutes. Huh? Mm-hmm. So you know, as we always recommend. Don't drink water. Yeah. So you expect me to sit there for 143 <laughs> minutes watching a film about water? <laughs> Apparently so, yeah. Dude, around 70 minutes, you better have about four minutes of flat time that I can bounce out. Oh, it's going to be rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I have time. You can apparently order catheters now that are delivered to your home. <laughs> right. I think that's something you By get way, on Amazon. Uh, as, an, as an aside... You know that bit in the trailer where she says you do your best thinking when you're not thinking? Yeah, yeah. How much you want to bet that that's going to be like the key to beating the bad guy at the end of this thing? I can buy that. Feels like one of those lines. I can buy that. And it tracks with me. Like, I remember pitching in Little League where, like, the, the mm-hmm. more I tried to put a ball where it was supposed to, where I wanted it to go, the harder it got. Sometimes I would just turned everything off and thought, hey, go there. And, you know, just went through my motions and willed it there. It actually went there better. Mm-hmm. Try to force it is what we'd call it back in the day. No, you're not supposed to force it. Don't force it. It's good, good life lesson in general. Mm-hmm. It's, these, I don't know, man. I mean, that's a long run time. Man, I'm going to complain about it because, you know, we all have bladders, and I'm speaking out for those people. But I like the long run time, and that, like, that feels like it's some confidence in the movie. Mm-hmm. I can dig that. And, I mean, the fact that they're already finished, it sounds like confidence right now. Yeah, I think they're gonna have to. I I feel like they would have to make it over two hours just to to like wash the the Justice League Sujihara stink off of it. You'd think, but it's gotten to the point where no matter what I think, I feel like I'm part of a subgroup, and other, someone else is gonna think differently. So to me, it plays oh, like sure. 
to me it does play like that. Hamada's saying, no, let them make their film. We'll we'll figure it out. We 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 tried mm-hmm. the let's cut it thirty minutes version before, and we saw how that works. So do what you want to do on, and and it better work out. Which is about yeah. as good as you can expect as a director. Is like, hey, you do whatever you think you need to do, but it better work. That that's actually a pretty good deal. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, yeah, there are consequences if it if it doesn't work, but there should be to some extent. Yeah, but you got. Uh, we're not going to end up with a, a Whedon cut and Snyder cut and all the hashtags we could dream of. Maybe we maybe we at least don't end up with that after this. Here, here's the thing. That actually leads into my next story. Mm. Um, our buddy Anthony, Brooklyn Batman on Twitter, yeah, uh, wrote a tweet this week and said, Yes, because look, the test screenings have been coming back very positive. People have been saying a lot of good things about Aquaman. Anthony says, yes, I know, quote, test screenings mean nothing, quote, people love Suicide Squad in early screenings, blah, 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 I'm choosing to be positive. The word on the Aquaman screenings seems to be good so far. I'll take it. And David Ayer responded to him. <laughs> oh, and my, said, my first don't thought you... is you poor bastard, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. David Ayer said, don't you wonder what edit was initially tested? Oh, Perfect. And then the guy that's always given those little scoops on Twitter, Daniel RPK, yeah. responded to Ayer and said, I was there, so I know what you're talking about, David, and I really liked your original cut. At this point, like I think the only way for Hamada to truly get goodwill is to release the Snyder cut. Release the Ayer cut, for God's sake. No, I mean, no, there's another 13 minutes on the, the, on the DVD that made it a better film. That's not the air cut. Though, I know man. that's the trailer house cut. We, it, we, it's the extended trailer house cut. But still, I don't know. I think it's the only. I honestly think it's the only way for Warner's to like buy back a little bit of the goodwill. I think it's worth the however many millions. I really do. Just my opinion. <sighs> if like it was the me in charge, cut, I would do it. The air cut is probably That'd be the first thing I said to do. <laughs> All right, like Justice League Snyder cut, I, I still say is going to be. Um, Hard to actually do it just because it's it's not actually finished. But the air cut might be finished. That might be more mountable as a project. I think they're probably rough, it would be roughly in the same vein, roughly in the same stage. But I don't know because Ayer seems so confident until like a, about a month before is where it seemed like he just he just bounced on it. It it, it seemed like and oh, well also he was attached to the project you know till day X when it was actually out. But man. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like his that might be more doable than Snyder's cut right now, and it would be a good proving ground. Put out, Maybe. put out that version of it, of see what things. happens. Yeah, I do too. But that's that's seriously where I'm where I'm at. Like, if I were in charge, that's the first thing I would say to do. Like, all right, well, you're in charge of the DC films. What do you want to do? All right, we're gonna put out the air cut and the Snyder cut. But I mean, <laughs> do you know how much? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> let's take that let's take this random ass thing that we were going to make off the off the schedule and just put whatever money into that just like let's, let's, we've got to get earn back some goodwill man yeah <laughs> um but you know i understand there are there are issues with that but i don't care i don't care i get it anyway i think the air cut's more approachable though yeah and if it i wouldn't have a problem with that if they released it and it and it worked and it it got the goodwill you're hoping for, and I don't think it would cost him as much as a Snyder cut. Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. go for it. Absolutely. I forgot to mention it earlier, so I'm going to mention it now. Hit it. One of these one of these stories is fake. Oh yeah, 
And at the at the end of uh, the appropriate news segment, we'll let you know which one it was. Right. Let us know if you figured out which one it was. So over to uh, well, it's not really it's not really TV yet. That's why it's in the middle here. <laughs> um, Fathom Events is going to be doing a uh, a double feature presentation of the death of Superman and Reign of the Supermen. Nice. Uh, nationwide, it's going to be January thirteenth and fourteenth. So uh, it's going to actually predate the uh, by day the release of the digital copy of Reign of Superman mm. on uh, January 15th. I look forward to like reviewing all of those movies and catching up because I really want to I really want to watch this. Yeah, me too. We've been a little behind on that. I'm only probably certainly 3 have. movies behind. I think you're more. I'm more. But as far as reviews, like we just put out our Flashpoint review. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the last one we did. As far as our actual reviews, we are years behind. Yeah, we might start just doing news every other week and and focusing on a review or something. Yeah. Once you get back in the back in the saddle. Mhm. Mhm. I was excited about this. They uh, over on the Elseworlds crossover. Um they added Bob Fraser as Psycho Pirate. I don't know who he is. Hold on. He's not been in a whole lot. He was like an angry parent on an episode of Supergirl. Bob Fraser. 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 There's no I in there, so. There he is. There you are. I think he looks the part. You know, I I think of that guy as just a dude in a mask, so I'm not, I don't think I had any real expectations, but still. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, when I usually when I think of him, like, I've, Psycho Pirate is one of those, like, his costume was so ugly to me that, like, when I remember him, I specifically remember him, like, in 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 the uh, the rubber room screaming about the worlds like yeah worlds live worlds die right he's just you know some dude with light hair screaming into the abyss <laughs> that'll do I I'm actually just I don't care I'm way more excited that there is a psycho pirate <laughs> right I honestly don't think I care oh yeah yeah he'll do I I don't think I care who actually did the role I really don't. Yeah, I think I think my big takeaway, my big excitement point is that there is just a psycho pirate. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Like the least of uh, the main reason I like that there's a psycho pirate is that after all of the craziness of the worlds uh, the colliding and and all of the else worlds part of the crisis storyline, he mm-hmm. he remembers. Like he still remembers all of the versions of everything. So whatever they're going to use to thread this universe together, where the Elseworlds will still kind of affect the, the Arrowverse as we know it, mm-hmm. that's a good conduit. It fits with me for the books. I like it. Yeah. I just, I never thought I'd see, like when we started watching Arrow, <laughs> I never thought we'd see Psycho Pirate Monitor. What? Definitely not Monitor. If you saw Psycho Pirate, it would be a weird kind of one-off villain for for a couple weeks. He wouldn't be a bad villain for Arrow. Like turn turn all of everybody's emotions on on their tail end kind of thing. It, mm-hmm. In a way, I'd kind of enjoy it. Yeah, if it was on Arrow, Arrow running first... around being happy for a couple of weeks and Felicity being pissy for a second, mm-hmm. could be fun. But I I feel like if he had showed up in those early in the first t- the first couple of uh, seasons of Arrow, he would have just been like on Vertigo and like as he overdoses, he mumbles, "Worlds lived, worlds died." <laughs> and that and that would have been it like maybe and it was really just that, that like he had uh like a, a huge minecraft obsession that he was never gonna get back to or something like that well sure yeah 
Or maybe because it's because it doesn't have any uh, uh, copyright problems, like a, a huge dandy guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can afford that. <laughs> Just looking at the crumpled pages of his characters dying. It it would yeah. yeah it would be like real and and gritty and not nearly as fantastical as it's gotten now. And I I, I love how fantastic it's gotten now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Have you seen this Superman and Lois Lane uh, picture? The the big first look no. of them together. I have not. Um, I guarantee you, you've seen it before. You just don't know it because they've got them in what looks like the Fortress of Solitude. She's wearing like the white gown, like Margot Kidder from Superman 2. Nice. It's all very, very Dick Donner. And, you know, at the risk of being a heretic, I'm so tired of Dick Donner. Oh, yeah. Like, I get it and I like those movies, but they're not, they're not the only version of Superman, y'all. I'm just, you know, it's... It's gotten to the point where it's like, look, look, fan base, look at how much we love the property. We love the Richard Donner, Christopher Reeve Superman. Look at our homage. It really, it cracks me up how much you hate being catered to. I'm not being catered to. I know, but that's what they think they're doing. I'm, I'm being pandered to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like you, you would make a terrible. Uh, like 500 years ago European lord <laughs> just the worst no but look man is it i don't i don't disagree it, with you it, it just cracks me up it bothers me that we can't get a like the one time we got a superman who didn't like pander to us over this Christopher Reeve Dick Donner shit mm-hmm. is man of steel and it wasn't even like i have my own issues with man of steel the fact that it was not Dick Donner's Superman was not one of them. Yeah, yeah. You had like in story problems with Man of Steel, and a lot of them are valid. But that was a damn good movie. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy it more now than ever I have. But there, are, there are little, there are goyerisms within that story that it made, <laughs> and a couple of Snyderisms that bother me. Like I can actually, but well, now especially now that I know certain things about that movie, right? And like Goyer and John's going, don't. Don't do the snapping of the Zod now, okay. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah, and you know, I I don't have a problem. You know, people who listen to this show for or have listened to this show for a long time know that I don't mind that he snapped Zod's neck. Right. If, if you know, we were going to have a problem with that, he shouldn't have killed Zod in Superman 2, your beloved Dick Donner Superman 2, <laughs> uh, and he wouldn't have, and John Byrne wouldn't have had to kill the alternate Zod. My point is. And going back as far as Adam West, killing people by kicking them sure. into the Andromeda universe. My point is, the mainstream doesn't know that Superman has ever killed anybody. And they just like to not remember that part of the Dick Donner verse. Right. <laughs> Which I guess by that point was technically the uh, the Lester verse. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's willful in some regards. for a lot of people. I really don't. Um, but it's there. It's it's just. It, yeah, it's there. It's precedented. So, but I mean, I get it. We've we've grown up on cartoons that say that Superman doesn't kill, Batman doesn't kill. Never mind all of the evidence to the contrary in comic books and television. Yeah. I mean, well, film, I should say. Yeah. So, both of them being non-killers is just a take on it. Mhm. One universe and a multiverse. Right. But it it does bother me that they their like go-to is just like, yeah, but Dick Donner Here's, uh, you know, there are, there are things that I would definitely grab from the Dick Donner stuff, like the, you know, crystal 
in the Fortress of Solitude. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that all the Fortress of Solitude is crystalline. It is cool that it's cool to me that like the Kryptonians would have this like sterile existence. And but like when you look at it through the prism of Superman, he brings a certain beauty to it, like with his point of view, like that's like the entirety of existence, you know. It's right. <laughs> like Kryptonians see things as sterile and cold, and Superman brings something to it. So like, the whole point of his character is he's got all this power, and he still sees optimism. It's the it's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. But eh. I mean, for for what it is on a especially just a one shot out, I, like I know they're gonna. Now I know in the else world at some point we're going to see that callback and yeah it'll be a callback maybe or maybe that's just a promotional picture that was just meant to you know make us happy in that case we're like in that case we're probably overreacting frankly <laughs> if it's just we might be overreacting if it's just a I'm one just, shot you know, to to say like hey since we had these two people here look what we did then yeah it, it should just and it's uh, funny like. I have seen pretty much two reactions to this. One, my reaction, which is, can't we please get over this and stop pandering to people over this Richard Donner shit? Mm-hmm. Which I like, but it's, it was the 70s. It's time to let go, guys. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Or just a bunch of Twitter uh, you know, users you know, murmuring and cooing over how much she looks like Margot Kidder. <laughs> and that's annoying to me does, as well. But okay. I don't either. <laughs> Oh, she looks just, oh, this is like this, a reincarnation. No, it's not. No, no neither one of them look like the other. I don't, I don't, I don't care think how, how I don't care how klutzy you make Tyler. Mm-hmm. I don't care how many white robes you put on Lois. Yeah. These people do not do not look like those other people. Yeah. Anyway, I, I am very much in favor of a new take. We're going to get it. I've seen enough set pictures that, um, I mean, they, they are probably also responding to the fact that you saw Superman in a black suit earlier. Mm, maybe. So there's, they don't want the uh, the conversation to go too far one way than one way or the other. So putting this out kind of says, yeah, well, maybe he's black suit guy for a second, but he's also going to be this guy at times. So we'll just. Mm-hmm. And it's a three hour movie now, so. <laughs> right. We got plenty of time oh, to you, to deal with that. Did you see that Amel uh, was posing with uh, Colin Donnell? No, I didn't. Yeah, he like, Amel was wearing his Flash costume from the uh, crossover. And right there next to him is Tommy Merlin, man. That's awesome. Yeah, same. I don't know what it means. <laughs> what does it mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, but Mel's been doing a lot of that crap lately. Uh, on Instagram, he also posted a picture of himself with a large brown Great Dane that had a blue collar. Nice. And the caption, rut row, who do we have here? Of course. <sighs> <laughs> I saw him the other day post, um, how did he put it? He, it's, it was something about he got out of the shower and realized that uh, you could see him through a certain window and then looked over and there was a, like a group of, of women across the, the street in another window mm-hmm. and just kind of said something along the lines of like, yeah, I think I just realized a bunch of women were watching me shower. You're welcome. <laughs> wow. So how do you feel about Scooby-Doo being a part of the crossover, though? There's supposed to be a lot of Elseworlds. Why not? We just talked about... Richard Donner, <laughs> back to back with you know, back in black soups. So why not? Yeah. Well, Greg Berlanti was talking to the Hollywood Reporter, and he said, "Yes, Jensen Ackles was on set. Yes, Supernatural just did a crossover with Scooby." Uh, so we said Stephen could release that picture. He's taken like three hundred dogs with, uh, sorry, three hundred pictures with that dog this week. We figured it would get out there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I mean, you saw the other picture of him like walking around set, looking at looking at people, looking at names, and and then just like he throws a drape over over one seat and goes like secret. Yep, you told me about that one. That was great. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, <laughs> Berlani says, you know, screw it. Yes, we're doing a Scooby Gang Elseworld, and Velma becomes Batwoman after Freddy is killed by a rodeo clown. <laughs> sure. And according to the article, he says he then stormed off camera muttering something about a male Instagram and how there's no wonder left in the world. So, well, he's right. I'm down. There is no no wonder left in the world. It's probably <laughs> better that came out because, you know, if you were in the middle of the of the crossover and then all of a sudden friggin' Scooby-Doo comes out, like I think they would pull a lot of people out of it if they weren't expecting it. Yeah. There's there's going to be a nope, 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 no no nope factor there. Yeah. But you know, Everett Wheeler, man. It's true. Everything is 100% probable. Yeah. In a multiverse. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, over to Swamp Thing. The uh, Power and It Chapter 2 star Andy Bean has been cast as Alec Holland. Uh, the man who, well, if we go by, if they go by the comics, will basically die. And then a bunch of Swamp Material? pieces will believe ha- Used to, yeah, a bunch of swap material would then think that he used to be Alec Holland. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, you know what's funny though? Is, yeah, how much already, does that remind you of like the mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer uh, Catwoman? Not at all. Yeah. Until you just said that, and now I'm trying to piece it together. Just get licked by a bunch of cats, and suddenly you're a Catwoman. A bunch of green. So you're saying. A bunch of green things Alec decide Holland, you're elemental, and suddenly you're there. Like, So you're saying Alec Holland gets like. Blasted with chemicals, dies and falls into a swamp, and then this so the swamp would be Michelle Pfeiffer. That could work B- because the swamp believes it's Alec Holland. So right. <laughs> so Alec Holland licks the swamp with his dead body. Yes, and completes <laughs> okay. the picture. All right. Yeah, it's, I just want to make sure that was for, uh, okay. It's a, it's a it's a thing DC has done several times. Where like you die and fall into something, and then you become that thing. I feel like that's you know, yeah, that's that, yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm not sure DC does that where that's on the DC trope board, but it's 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 a trope. Yeah, DC, you get hit with chemicals and fall into something. Marvel, you get hit by some sort of radioactive rays, yeah, and become something, <laughs> or get hit we get hit with a radioactive isotope, or bitten by a radioactive spider, right. <laughs> And in in Marvel, any any time you need to have someone have a power, you can always just say, "Oh, the genetics were unleashed by this." Mm-hmm. They've done it in DC several times too. It's it's fine. Yeah, it's all great. There was a fun thread on Facebook where Not someone was on like, "Any of these things, it's fine. They're devices. Yeah. We all use them." There was a there was a fun thread on Facebook uh, in one of one of the like the DC groups that I that I'm a part of, and someone was like, "I don't know." It seemed almost argumentatively challenging people to like come up with the last character that wasn't derived from another character that marvel and dc has done and i'm just like dude i mean there's the greek gods i mean like yeah name <laughs> hold on, hold on. i, I want to let's approach it, this question another way name me the first yeah i mean if you like there were even in the like creation of superman there were um creators notes that were like mentioning certain greek gods yeah you know or at like, least Moses. Just, like it, it. We, yeah. We're a couple hundred years past a new idea at this point in storytelling. 
Mm-hmm. Minimum. I mean, people way more educated than me could probably make an ed- a guess that we're much farther than that. But yeah, yeah, it, I'm it's, just you know. it's it's hard to really come up with a genuinely new thing. Yeah, and I can be a dick and go the well. DC created most of the most of the shit that Marvel rips off, and eh, that's kind of true. But really, you know, they were like Greek gods and stuff, and myths, and so much more that DC just kind of grabbed. At the, so, at the time that it was happening, it was more of a matter of like who printed it first, not who thought of it. Because really, you were just it's it's the best advice in writing that you will ever hear is still smart. I mean, you're not going to come up with anything that's that's genuinely new, because no, I, really, man, if you look back, it's hard to find something that is that. It's just and what's hundreds funny of is millions like, of honestly, just at this point, billions of pages. Of printed fiction. You you can't beat that. You just find a thing that feels new, find a new fresh take on it, and make it yours. That's the only mm-hmm. thing you can do. And, you know, you can you can sit around and try to write fresh, too. Like, uh, when in the past, we haven't done it in quite some time, but in the past, we used to make uh, comedy sketches. They're all still on YouTube. I did one called Cal's Codpiece Emporium. Mm-hmm. It was it was like a local commercial, uh, a guy selling cod pieces, like specialty cod pieces. Um, every kind. We've I got thought every it was a pretty. Kind. I yeah, I thought it was a pretty unique idea. Made me laugh. I recorded it. I, I shot it and everything. I was Cal. Yeah. And I got people who were sending me links on Reddit because I'd posted it on Reddit. I got people sending me links to some kind of some. Uh, it was a couple of guys in front of a green screen doing uh, their own mock of a local commercial and um God, who is it it's those guys that do the uh, old spice commercials now i know who you're anyway. talking about but i i don't i don't remember but i know who you're talking about yeah um, i haven't heard their name in forever but apparently they were internet people i don't know but yeah like i was being accused of ripping them off and i'm like i've not, i don't even know these people i don't i've never seen this shit and the the premise is kind of similar but they're not selling cod pieces like it, they didn't come up with the local commercial. Come on. Like, but yeah, there's no, even if you just come up with something by yourself, you're not going to like, it doesn't mean that you're ripping somebody off. It just means, Hey, wouldn't it be great if somebody ran fast? Yeah. (laughs) You know, you can try all you want. Someone's already thought of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mercury. Right. Oh, you mean that's already been thought of twice (laughs) and two pantheons? Yeah. Oh crap. Yeah. Oh, you mean Jay Garrick literally wore, wore a Mercury hat? Like, he has a Mercury hat. <laughs> They're not even trying to hide it. Dude should have gone crazy long before he did with that hat. Yeah. All right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Deadline has confirmed that Will Patton is going to be General Avery Carlton Sutherland mm-hmm. on Swamp Thing. Uh, they're describing him as the de facto patriarch of his Louisiana hometown, always giving back to the community. His benevolent veneer, however, masks a ruthless determination to harness the power of the swamp for profit. Mustache twirler alert! Yeah. <laughs> He's been in Armageddon 24, Remember the Titans. He was in this new Halloween reboot that came out a few years ago. Um, I've seen that face before. Mm-hmm. He was Quentin Glass in uh, the Punisher movie mm-hmm. as well. Every... He's also uh, in the comics, according to the article. Hmm? Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, written as the article, wrote it, 
I will now say this. Sutherland in the comic serves as the CEO of the Sutherland Corporation, which has ties to Alec Holland's work with the bio-restorative uh, bio formula. Sutherland becomes intrigued with what exactly happened to Holland, employing a scientist named Jason Woodrow to do an autopsy of sorts on Swamp Thing and the iconic The Anatomy Lesson issue. Um, yeah, so we know Woodrow becomes the Floronic Man. We also know, of course, the, the brilliant John Glover played uh jason woodrow in uh batman and robin mm -hmm. and um his ill-fated character his ill-fated character who creates poison ivy i did on twitter i i suggested to dc universe that they they give john glover another shot absolutely as, as jason woodrow he did like the tweet i am proud of that yeah naturally um <laughs> he's on board apparently uh, but yeah Oh, yeah. Dude, John Glover, like, he's great. Like, go watch Smallville. Easily one of the best parts of that show. Oh, yeah. Um, just every scene with him and Lex is just gold. Any, any scene with him is gold. Yeah. Um, His arc is amazing. Yeah, so when you see him in Batman and Robin, he's easily the most fun part of that movie. <laughs> yeah. He is just hilarious. Yeah, he is. I would like to see him do a, a serious take on the character for real. Let's do this, guys. Oh, yeah. John Glover. Legacy casting. <laughs> I mean, you could just have him play the character he did in Smallville on this, and it would it and rename it, and it'd be fine. You could. Might not be as much fun. Yeah, a little bit of camp would be more fun. He's got range, but yeah, he's clearly got range. The dude can play serious. It's he was haunting at times. All right, so uh, Swamp Thing also adds Henderson Wade as Matthew Cable, and uh, it's a serious regular role. According to Deadline, mm -hmm. uh, they're describing him as a Louisiana lawman who finds himself in dire straits when supernatural evil threatens the town he's sworn to protect. I just kind of almost went into like I just sort of naturally went into a Zap Brannigan cadence with that. Right, right. <laughs> Louisiana lawman finds himself in dire straits. <laughs> yeah, supernatural evil threatens the town he's sworn to protect. Kiff, alert the men. There's a swamp thing. Yeah. My first thought was like, <laughs> we already have a specter. Can we just shoot him over and they yeah. be teammates? Seriously, mm -hmm. I'm I'm trying not to, and I am, I'm excited about Swamp Thing by itself. I am too. But every time I I'm hear so something, excited. I keep thinking, man, it'd be great if Matt Ryan joined that for a second. Oh, absolutely. So this guy, um, Henderson Wade, he's currently portraying Sheriff Michael Mineta over on Riverdale. Yeah. He was also on American Horror Story Roanoke, if, uh, if any of you watch that. I don't watch it. I don't know anything about it. I hear good things, but Actually, it I didn't, until never... I saw that in the story, I didn't... I didn't know there was a Roanoke arc. I, I didn't either. Yeah. You know what they need to do is uh, American Horror Story White House. <laughs> I'll leave that right there. Stargirl has cast Angelica Washington... Uh, they're not saying who she is. She the the actress has uh, been in Shameless and Young Sheldon. Uh, Jeff Johns says Angelica Washington is a bright, funny, and unbelievably talented actor, and I'm thrilled to have her join the cast alongside uh, Breck. And then he says we're withholding the character she's playing for now, but it'll be one familiar to DC Comics fans. Nice. I'm I'm just I'm excited to to I'm I, I'm dude Titans is so good. Yeah. Oh yeah, if, it's every like the one big misstep. I'm curious. I feel. Hmm? I'm curious. Oh, 
I feel like the one big misstep so far that Titans has taken was in the Doom Patrol episode. Really? Um, the I, it was a cool episode, but the guy that played the the chief was just all wrong. He was just terrible. I feel you know obviously subjectivity is a big part of this, but I am glad that they replaced him for the actual show. <laughs> They they That's may dumb. have made him too obviously villainous for your liking. It wasn't that. It wasn't that he was just he. It was that he was like a cartoon of a mad scientist. I was gonna go with yeah. All right, so some mustache twirling is what you're saying. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to say mustache twirling. Short of mustache twirling, but, but is there like I'm used to the chief being kind of a, a terrifying mad scientist. System. But yeah, I think so. Okay, I. That actually might that might actually be pretty good. Like, a good, yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. Like, I just feel like he was a little over the top. Okay. In a way that I just wasn't prepared to uh, deal with. Like, I feel like that dude was on a different show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. That dude thought he was doing Young Frankenstein or something. I, I don't know what he thought he was doing. <laughs> the rest of the cast seemed to be perfectly aware of it. And, damn, it was a good episode. Yes, it was. That show really has been killing it. Was it. absolutely a good episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, let's see. Oh, um, it looks like uh, Jeremy Irons is confirmed as uh, Ozymandias from Watchmen for the HBO series. I I can't put this strongly enough. Hell, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes to the yes power. Mm-hmm. And it looks like uh, Gene Smart from Legion is also joining the show. Ooh. Do you remember Gene? No. Who's that? Um, you know the, the blonde-headed lady who's married to um, Jemaine Clement on the show? Oh, her! Yes. Yes. She's uh, playing a mysterious FBI agent named Agent Blake, which is, you know, interesting, saying his how yeah. her name's Blake and the comedian was Edward Blake. You think she might be like the old Silk Spectre too? You think she might be? It's possible. But man, that's just exciting. I have in my lifetime, which my lifetime includes designing women, have never been disappointed with that woman. (laughs) Fair enough. Not one moment where I saw her and thought, oh, oh no. I, you know, she, she did a fine job. I felt like in season two of Legion, she got a little off the rails, her character. Her, but, her character did, but purposefully, and yeah. she pulled it off. She did pull it off. It, I just also kind of felt like, what are we doing here? But, you know, I get it. She's been through some shit. Yeah. It just was not m- the most interesting storyline for that show to me. No, they had a lot going on. Sometimes They I, absolutely did. Honestly, sometimes it, it feels like when, when you don't necessarily know what you're going to do for a character for a portion of the show, uh, sometimes, uh, oh, she has a drug addiction. It, it'll it'll keep somebody occupied for it, it's it's like benching somebody for a second. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she <laughs> she's suddenly on her ass for until we decide she's not right until she's she needs to be useful and then we'll she'll drag herself out of despair. Yeah, and maybe that's what they were doing. I don't know. That show is deeper than uh, than admittedly I can understand. Yeah, honestly, that it's, it's Legion really does require about. About two rewatches before you're completely sure you saw what you saw. Mm-hmm. And even then you have questions. Yes. I, for that, I deeply love it. Mm-hmm. I did quite enjoy it. Well, that's it, man. That's all I've got. Oh, all right. 
By the way, there's no Scooby-Doo in the Elseworlds crossover. Yeah, that was complete crap. That was, yeah, it was fake. Fake news, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as they say. Mm-hmm. Well, man, um, much luck to you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm back to uh, reality now. I kind of feel like... It's fun um, for a minute. I feel like, in a weird way, I feel like this is your last episode. Well, sure. Certain ways. You won't be coming back as the same man. Uh, I mean, if I do, I think I did it wrong. <laughs> nah, we'll be all... It'll be all right. We'll see you in a week or two. Yeah. I think you'll be fine. There's a couple weeks of stealing 15-minute naps ahead of me, and then we'll uh, we'll be back. Mm-hmm. But um, in a few days, a couple of days, two or three days, um, I'm going to do a review of Batman Mask of the Phantasm with my wife. She's never seen it. We're going to go to that movie theater. Oh. They're screening for Fathom. And I kind of want to get a, I want to get a good take of what someone who's never seen it, who's in their 30s, thinks of the movie. <laughs> yeah. She's going to cry. Maybe. We all know there's that I don't one know. scene. I think, I, think, I think people who aren't us don't cry at cartoons. Maybe not. But she's going to get, like... And I say cartoons because that's how they see them. That's how the normies maybe, see them. Maybe. But I, Mask of the Phantasm is a very adult cartoon in certain ways. I don't think you mm-hmm. can watch the one scene that you know I'm talking about and not... Yes. And not have some kind of feels. I don't know if I trust you if you don't, don't have know. some kind of feeling about it. We'll see, man. I don't know. I'm trying to be open about that. I'm a little worried. That may be one of those things where, like, if... if you didn't feel something. I'm not sure I can leave you alone with my puppy. <laughs> I don't know if it's that deep, but I kind of feel like it is. It's a damn good scene. But this will be her first uh, her first actual foray into the uh, Bruce Tim Paul Dini verse. Mm. So. That's a good one. Like, she could go back and rewatch everything and really get all the context and the... the the subtle flavors that go into making that, or you could watch that and it stands. Yeah. In a weird way, I feel like mask of the phantasm almost acts as a pretty good pilot for Batman, the animated series. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it does work backwards. I think you, you could watch that, especially again, the scene we're trying not to spoil for anyone who mm-hmm. may not have, cause why not? Um, especially that scene, you go back and watch that and think, mm, man, that means a lot more now. Yeah. I mean, I'm sad you can't come. Yep, not an option. Enjoy it for me. I'll try. I mean, I'll be like 15 minutes in that movie, grin across my face, going, <laughs> Jason who? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all right. Nah, you'll be missed, man. You'll be missed. So anyway, I'm excited because I never got to see Mask of the Phantasm when it was in theaters. So Yeah. That that was kind of a you had to I be there kind of thing, but new wave of people for the get week to it was in theaters. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to be on top of it. But I mean, I've more than made up for it. I've got it on digital, VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, you you. It's definitely represented. But I think I was in like second grade had, at the time. I I didn't have. This is what we're doing with our Friday night capabilities in my family. Mm-hmm. So um. It it didn't happen. I hear you. It was around Christmas time. It was it was in the before time when there just wasn't enough money to go to a movie theater. Yeah. Nah, it wasn't happening. Anyway, we got to take off. Um, I'll try to keep it up with guest hosts until you're back. <laughs> right. 
I'm going with a week or two. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be rough. Yeah, it'll normalize. We'll we'll be okay. DCOnScreen.com. We tweet at DCOnScreen. Go into our show notes. Follow the link. Come hang out with us on Facebook. We won't make you feel like a piece of crap. Nope. It's gonna be the tagline. DC on screen. We won't make you feel like a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you like the Nolan movies and we might. I don't know. Uh, you can't tell anymore, but we will try not to. We've had, we've had people message us go, damn it, I like Dark Knight Rises. Why did you ruin it for me? Sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm still sorry. I wanted to like that. Me too. Anyway, keep some DC on your screen. See you in a minute. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, can be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by F.E. Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time. TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy and improvised web series, blogs, parodies, and more. Are you maladjusted?